Welcome to Significant Women. This is a podcast that focuses on bringing out the very best in women in all walks of life, in all seasons of life, and in every aspect of life. My name is Carol McLeod, and I hope that you'll join me every week for stirring conversation about what it means to be a woman of eternal significance at this moment in history. You know, what I'm discovering is that it's not nearly as hard to live a significant life as I formerly thought that it was. Some weeks on the podcast, I interview women who are endeavoring with every fiber of their being to live a significant life amid the twists and turns of disappointments and normal life challenges. Other weeks, I share from my heart and from the Bible what I have learned that it takes to live a significant life. Today, I'm going to be talking to a woman who is delightful in every way. I am a people person, so I love meeting all types of women in different seasons of life. Often when I meet a woman for the first time, I try to go beyond her shell, crack the shell, and go straight for her heart. Well, this interview with Molly McCoy Hart was a joy from beginning to end. She had me at hello, and our time together was both rich and rare. Molly is the mom of three little women and one rambunctious, lively son that has set her world absolutely spinning. So today, grab yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up for about 35 minutes, and prepare to be encouraged, strengthened, and amazed. Well, today I'm sitting here talking to a new friend, but I feel like I've known you for like decades already, Molly, and I can't wait for you to share your story. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank oh, you. Oh, thanks. I'm excited. Well, as you know, the name of the podcast is Significant Women. And what we're trying to do, Molly, is just encourage women to live significantly no matter what their circumstances are like, no matter mm. what their marital status is, no matter how well their kids are behaving, whether they made their beds or not today. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I like you already. Um, so I want to know about you. So tell us about your life. Who are you? Tell us something ridiculous or interesting or funny or serious or painful about your life. Help us be your new best friend. Okay. Well, like I said, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. And um, I'm 35 years old. I'm originally from Texas. So once a Texan, always a Texan. I live in Oklahoma now, though, with my husband. We have been married for 10 years, and we have four amazing kids, um, an 8-year-old, 6-year-old, 3-year-old, and a 15-month-old. So three girls and a boy, and it is fast and furious. We love it. Um, my husband is on staff at a local nonprofit here in town, and so he travels a lot, and he is gone for about eight to 10 days at a time when they travel overseas internationally. And so I'm in a season of life right now where we are just holding down the fort at home and enjoying just what that entails and what that looks like. And I love it. I love being able to stay at home with the kids um, and the challenges that <laughs> that obviously provides, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's it's been a really interesting season of my life over the last six years, being able to stay at home with them. And um, it's been an honor. I love being their mom. It's, it's the number one thing on my plate right now 
and I'm just trying to do it well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you are. You know, one of my favorite sayings for my life is that if I had a thousand lives to live, motherhood would have them all. Oh, for sure. I just don't think that there's anything been richer or finer or more frustrating. Absolutely. Or it helps me be more like Jesus yes. than being a mom. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that is, I've, I say this a lot. Um, it is the hardest job I've ever had, but it is the most rewarding. It really is. It really is. And um, I don't know if I've ever had a day where I go to bed <laughs> thinking, I knocked it out of the park today. You know, <laughs> there are there are probably multiple days where I'm like, man, that could have been better. Or man, I, you know, did I did I answer the question the correct way? And it's just really cool because in those moments where I'm just like, oh, I feel like I there was a was like a failure there or a misstep there. It's in those moments where God's like, you're right on track. I've got you. Yeah. You know, because as much as I love those kids, they're his and I'm stewarding them. And if I can just keep reminding myself that I'm just I'm stewarding them, I'm training them, I'm I'm teaching them, I'm loving them, I'm an extension of God to them, and that they are His, then it helps me be a little bit more confident and trust that even in my missteps, He still has their step and He still has their plan and He's still directing their life. Does that make sense? It really does. <laughs> Were you raised in a Christian home? I was. I oh. am the oldest of four. My dad and my mom have been in full-time ministry for my whole life. Really? Yes. They. My dad ha- was a youth pastor for 30 years. The world's oldest youth pastor, I, huh? Probably. Yeah. If there was a Guinness, and he <laughs> actually is, has circled back around and stepped back into the same church I grew up in. He's kind of helping the youth ministry again. Um, so from a young age— Ministry, youth ministry specifically, um, has been a passion of mine, has been something I was raised in um, and around. So I loved it. I have always loved the church, always loved God. I mean, I can't remember my life before being a Christian and loving God. Now, I did rededicate my life when I was in college because that was my first time out of my parents' house, on my own, making my own decisions. Um, So there was definitely that coming to Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, I guess, as just like, I I choose you. I need you. But my childhood, I, especially now that I'm a parent, I just wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, my dad, his three big things with us was the word, worship, and prayer. And he's like, if, if we can, you can get in the word every day, if you can set aside time to worship, and if you can just be a woman of prayer— Every, like everything will be okay. Like you'll know what to do, when to do it. You'll you'll get back up when you need to get back up, you know? And so I've tried to follow suit with that with my kids. We, you know. You know, Molly, so many um, people from my generation were what I would call intentional parents. Like we had James Dobson. Our kids went to Awanas. They did upwards basketball. They went to Christian school or they were yep. homeschooled. We, we did yep. it all. And some of them are not serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. So tell me what it was in your life that kept you safe in the kingdom, that yeah. kept you from wanting to walk away. Well, and we we talk about this a lot within my family because I'm the oldest of four. Mm-hmm. So it's me and then a brother. We're the two olders. And then there's my brother and my sister. They're the two younger ones. And honestly, there is a big difference with even me and my siblings, me and my older my first two and the younger two. And my parents and I talk about this. We have very real conversations. And because myself and my older my brother 
my brother really never rebelled. I kind of rebelled in high school a little bit, but then came quickly back around with maybe like a one to two year rebellion. Um, but then my younger two definitely encountered a lot of trials and tribulation. And I mean, like a ton of, I mean, not living for God, things like that. And so we wanted to know what was the difference. And honestly, my parents, they brought us everywhere. We went everywhere with them. We were at the revivals. We were at the youth rallies. We were at Youth America when it was back at ORU in the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s. They they didn't just set us aside to do kid things. We were with them when they were doing the things that God had in front of them, if that makes sense. So I just think that my exposure was primarily God and the Word of God and Every single thing we talked about centered around God's Word. I mean, every morning to school, on the way to school, we would recite verses. And to this day, I still know that those verses and my kids are now doing them. I mean, so there was just this repetition. There was this exposure and just this expectation that this is how we live. This is what we're going to do. And I honestly think it goes back to my dad just instilling that because the Word was always there, but it was the love of worship that I think maybe is the difference maker within this conversation talking about it because the word, if not within the context of worship and prayer, can sometimes become legalistic. But I think it's in those times of worship where we begin to see a different side of the Father's heart and there's a softening and an intimacy that is developed. And I just, I, I, treasure that. I treasure that. I mean, it's it's the word worship and prayer. And when I don't know what to do, I do what I know to do. Mm. You know, and I get in the word and I pray and I worship. And I just try and keep it as simple as possible. So I went to a Christian school. My husband went to a Christian school. I went to a public high school and he did the same. We kind of had a lot of the same mm-hmm. similar upbringings. Our mm-hmm. parents are both youth ministers in ministry. Um, but for us, it it was we made we prayed about it. And so our girls right now, our two older girls of kindergartner and third grader, they're in public school. Okay. And we prayed about it. And we and it's interesting you say that because you know, I'm so I'm would be like a child from your generation, right? right? And now I'm parenting. Right. A new generation. And it's interesting because we talk about it a lot. And one of my kind of go-tos with Chris is my husband is we're built for this. You know, I think what the foundation we were given by those intentional parenting techniques and just intentional parents is like, okay, we're built for the culture we are now parenting and raising kids in. I'm not going to cower back. I'm not going to be discouraged or disappointed, but I'm going to rise to the occasion because I'm built for this. Like I'm built to be these kids' mom and I'm built to, to help them navigate what's in front of them. And we've had to do that. I mean, even as a third grader, there are real life stuff that they're encountering at such a young age that I don't remember encountering that young. Mm -hmm. And so it's a new battle. It's a new ground and and I'm built for it though. So it's that confidence of like, Mm -hmm. okay, I have what it takes. So God, show me how to use everything you've put inside of me through my parents, through college, you know, with my husband. Husband, what do we do? Like, how do we navigate these waters? You know, it's difficult. So we're talking about um, what it takes to be a significant woman. Yes. But for a woman, life is many facets. Yes. We we have to take that significance into so many different hats that we wear. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this, Molly. What 
if you could coach a young woman on the eve of her marriage, yes, this is what it takes to build a significant marriage. You can only tell her one thing. One thing. What would be the oh, one man. thing that you would tell this girl with sparkles in her eyes, head <laughs> over heels in love with this groom? What would you tell her? Oh my goodness. I am not a girl of, I'm a girl of many words. So let me see. One thing. Honestly, just keep God first. Mm. And I know that seems simple and basic, but looking back over 10 years of my marriage, and I'm still a pup, I'm a babe, and I know (laughs) I have not figured it out. And that's exactly what I would tell her. I mean, I have not figured this out. But I can tell a difference when God is first in my life. And what does that mean to you, to put God first in your life? Yeah. Um, Basically— it, I feel like when I'm putting God first in my life, He is my He's my first go-to when it comes to my responses. Like in the mornings, He's my first thought. Like, Holy Spirit, I give you this day. You know, like be with me today. Guide me today. Like there needs to be that priority and that just intentional attention on God in your life, his presence, his his persona in your life. And and to me, I can tell when I'm putting God first just based off of how I honor my husband. I mm. mean, how I honor my kids and and in taking care of the house, you know, I mean, and and how I talk to my family. When there is a lack of honor or just I can tell when there's a little bit of um resentment coming up or just maybe just a little bit of laziness coming into my life. It's like, God's not first. Yeah. You know, because there's just, when he's first, there's this, it's the overflow that is just. It is. I can't help but love them. I can't help but honor. I can't help but want to sweep up after them five times because I know it's important for them to have a clean house or for them to come home knowing they're taken care of. Or, you know, there's just this, keep God first. Just first when you wake up, intentional attention Mm -hmm. on who he is and and what he's put in front of you. You know, I have always loved the fruits of the Spirit. I I just love thinking about those things and being those things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the life that I've been given, but I can't cultivate those things on my own. Mm -mm. If I want to be a loving, patient, joyful, faithful, kind mom or wife, I have to spend time with the Father. You do. And you know what else, Molly? I tell young women all the time, listen, being a Christian is not rocket science, okay? It just takes a few simple decisions in life. Mm-hmm. And so I love the way you've just phrased that, put God first, think about Him. Mm-hmm. Let Him be your first thought, because that's part of what it takes to cultivate a fruitful life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked about marriage. Now, what would you tell a young mom? They just gave her her first baby, and she's yeah. head over heels in love. And you see the poopy diapers and the sleepless nights and the terrific two-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. What's ahead? Yeah, what, what would you tell her? What would be your just one word of a little bit older mama advice? You know, um, hindsight's twenty twenty, <laughs> And so I think Going into it, um, I would tell them, here's what's interesting. My sister's 10 years younger than me. Okay. So we're the bookends. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and we were pregnant at the same time with her first and my third. Okay. So it's interesting because when you say these things, she's the first person that I think of. Yeah. Because 
I'm 10 years ahead of her in ah. life. And and so I remember having this conversation with her as a mm. first-time mom and a third-time mom. Ah. And she had her little boy 12 weeks before me. And so I remember sitting with her, and she was tired, and she was worn out, and she was kind of just like, what do I do now? You know. And I just looked at her, and I said, I just want you to be encouraged, and I want you to know that you were designed for this baby. Yeah. And this baby was designed for you. Yeah. So whatever's ahead, know that you have what it takes right. to meet this baby's need. Yeah. I think for me with first-time moms or just new moms, I just I want to speak to their confidence. Mm. I want to speak to I mean I just spoke to um she ha- hasn't had her baby yet, but she I just saw her, she had a baby shower and I was just loving on her and I just said I just want you to know like you were meant to be this baby's mom. Yes. And you with like your mama knower and the Holy Spirit together is unbeatable. Yes. So just pray in the Spirit every single day mm-hmm. and trust that you're going to know what to do with that baby. Right. You know, and and because that's honestly, that's all that matters. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like I could give them practical advice, I'm sure, but I just, to me, the, the confidence mm-hmm. of knowing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that for this moment in time, God called you to be this baby's mom, mm-hmm. to raise this kid. And you've got what it takes. That's right. You, you can do it. Right. You right. can do it. Yeah. You and Jesus. You and Jesus. Can raise this baby. Yes. Yes. You know, I believe, Molly, that we've all been given a specific earthly assignment. Of course, there's marriage and there's motherhood. And that's the season that you are all in right now. I and I love that. <laughs> yes. And I'm in a different type season. However, even in my raising children years, I still had this knocking on the door of my heart Mm -hmm. that there was a certain assignment for me. And for me, it's to help women choose joy, no matter what their lives look like, no matter what their circumstances are, no matter how high their disappointments have piled. So what do you think your one assignment in life? What's the one thing that you think, yeah, I'd like to teach women that? You know, I I love that question, and I, I actually think about that a lot because ever since I can remember, all I've ever wanted to do was women's ministry. Really? Oh, yes. All I've ever wanted to do. And I've been very blessed and fortunate to have great opportunities, even from a young age, um, of just outlets to speak and, and to just be a part of women's events and things like that. So I feel very blessed, but it is interesting just thinking about significance and in the season of life I'm in right now, majority of my exposure is behind closed doors yes. or at home or unseen. Yes. And it's um, interesting right now because I think what God is developing on the inside of me is the power of contentment mm. and how it's not being content isn't based on where you are or what you're doing. It's based on whose you are. Mm-hmm. And I think because that is what I've battled with the most. I've pictured myself speaking and out in front, and I just have a heart for ministry. I have a heart for the church. I have a heart for young people. But right now, what I'm doing doesn't necessarily add up. And so I've had to guard against that of just feeling um, disappointed, feeling unseen or unheard or, un, you know, and, and so God's just been developing that inside of me. I was washing dishes one day and I just was like, God, when is it my turn? You know, when, 
when are you going to call my number, right? And I I just felt it so strongly on the inside of me is your ministry is right here in the house. Yes. And I think once that was about a few years ago, I had the three girls at the time. And once I kind of just said, huh, okay, like everything matters. Yeah. Especially when it's from God. Mm-hmm. Every little thing matters. And it's, and I started focusing on less, less on what I was doing or where I was doing it at. And I started focusing on, man, what God's put in my hand and what he wants to use now and Mm -hmm. how I can be a good steward of that. And so I think that's what I would say, just the power of contentment. And when you're content in whose you are, that you're a child of God, that you're chosen, that you're set apart, that he's going to do great and mighty things through you, and you just are a vessel to be used, then, man, there's joy in that. There's confidence in that. Because, I mean— I'm in a culture of social media frenzy, right? I mean, especially for stay-at-home moms, if you're on that phone all day, you're just looking about what you're looking at what all these other moms are doing, what all these other people in different seasons of life are doing. And it's really easy to start to compare your life and your contentment with theirs. And I'm a firm believer that comparison is a thief of your joy. It is. And when you begin to to lose sight and to compare, you lose that joy. And I think you know that, I mean, the joy of the Lord's our strength. Yeah. And so it's easy to admit I'm unhappy, but mm-hmm. we don't want to admit we're weak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if the joy of the Lord is your strength, don't lose that joy. Right. Right? Because I think there's that, like, that false, that lie out there. It's like, well, I've got to be strong. I've got to be strong. But I'm so unhappy. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, no, let's. I'm full of joy. Mm-hmm. In his presence is fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. And in that presence, I become strong. Mm-hmm. So just be content knowing that the more you get in God's presence, the more strength will be found, the more joy will be present, and you'll know what you're supposed to do and when you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, no, know. that's I'm just so like, good. No, Molly, that's great. I remember one Sunday morning, just had my fifth baby, so I'm overweight. You know, I've got spit up on my shoulder and a two-year-old hanging on my leg <laughs> and a and a six-year-old who was just thrown out of Sunday school because he wasn't behaving. And and a former Miss America came to church and was singing. Oh, wow. And <laughs> I was just sitting there with the tears rolling down my face thinking, Lord, I didn't know my life was going to look like this. Mm. And Molly, I heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit say to me, Carol, what you're doing now is a masterpiece. You're mm, writing a masterpiece. So you know, there's a Latin term called magnum opus, which means your greatest work. Mm. So people will say, well, well, what was Beethoven's magnum opus? What was, you know, Rembrandt's greatest work? Well, Molly, for us as women, we're going to do other things. Mm-hmm. You're going to speak. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write more books. But our greatest work mm-hmm. will always be the children that we raise, yes. that will always be our greatest contribution I love that. to the kingdom of God. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Let's take a short break from sitting in awe at the heart of Molly so that I can tell you about a few resources that we have just for you, my podcast family. You know, we all think that we can't live without coffee or chocolate, but the truth is, I can't live without joy. And there's only one place to drink deeply from the well of joy, and that is in His presence. Part of my divine assignment in life is to help women of all ages to discover the source of joy. I write about it. I talk about it. 
I broadcast about it. I blog about it. I think about it. I sing about it. I teach about it. And I publish it. Joy. Two of my books are devotionals that will help restore your joy. The first one is Pass the Joy, Please, which is a devotional that I wrote particularly for mamas. If you're a mom, if you know a mom, if you have a mom, this book will complete the joy that you were meant to have as a woman as you raise up or pray for the next generation. And then the other devotional is Joy for All Seasons. You can get both of these books, Pass the Joy, Please, and Joy for All Seasons for $20 plus shipping. What you have to do is go to my website, which is carolmcleodministries.com, and type in the code Significant Women as you check out. Uh, when you do that, you'll be given this special offer, again, only for our podcast family, both books for $20 plus shipping. The code, again, is Significant Women. All little letters, one word. But now, let's get back. Okay, so to be a significant woman, you've got to have people around you. Yes. You've got to have been impacted by somebody else's life. So tell me, who have been your influencers? And I want to know people who maybe are well-known, but also people we've never heard of before. Yeah. So tell me some of the women that you just really esteem and why you esteem them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I'm going to – well, I'm my mom is obviously on the list, but <laughs> I think – I'm going to start with Pastor Sandy. At um, she's the pastor's wife of our local church here in Tulsa, and I highly esteem her and admire her because of her authenticity, her approach to church and ministry. Um, I think sometimes as women we compartmentalize things, and um, I've seen that a lot in ministry. Where you know this is um, this is my family and this is church, and Sometimes it can be separate. But what I loved about Pastor Sandy is she kind of taught me how family and church are the same. They go hand in hand where we are, our kids are, where our church is, our kids are, you know. And and she just was so real and was constantly a word in season. She really operates in the spirit of discernment. And I, as moms, we need that. And so she just has really taught that gifting and developed inside of me, just being able to discern things. And then um, I cannot go without saying about two years ago, I was invited into a Bible study group of moms, young moms, and it's led by an older woman. Her name is Julie Fisher. She's an elder's wife at our church. Um, she has a she's a mom of three girls, has grandkids now, so she's a, a grams. You know what? What? I went to college with Julie. Did you really? Yes. Okay. I did. She, right, I mean, here's why I love Julie is she opens her home to us twice a month and leads us through different Bible studies. And her level of excellence and her spirit of intentionality, like she is so intentional with us. And she has committed her life to being an amazing mom, but then not leaving it there. Like she wants to just translate what she has learned to other young moms so that we can be great moms too, you know? And I just, I just love that. Like it's in the Bible where she, I mean, she has grabbed a hold of the older women training and building up the younger women, you know, like we're hand in hand in this. And right. I just love that. Like there's never a 
off top, like nothing off limits for her. Uh huh. And uh-huh. I just love that her transparency, her vulnerability, and just her commitment to us. So that's been really great. And then the last thing I would say, there's a tribe of women I get to do life with. I can't even imagine. We do. Anyone listening, if you are alone right now, like get with a tribe of people because we do a separate, it's called Supper Club once a month. And it's those nights where no kids are there and we just take off the mask or take off the the burdens and lay them on the tables and just are able to talk real with one another. We pray together. We intercede for one another. They are fun. I mean, they bring the fun into my life. And, and it's the people that you know, I'm going to say this. And you're you're gonna hear it, but you're gonna give me the word back. Yes. And you're not gonna let me stay in that place. Mm-hmm. You're gonna hold my hand to walk me through to a better place. And I think that's imperative just to have those type of women in your life that you can be real and authentic and vulnerable with, but also trust that I'm gonna say something that like a disappointment, and you're gonna you're gonna hear it, you're gonna take it, and then we're gonna give it and cover it and give it to God. Yes. Together. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah. I just love those women. I do too. And I love what you said about it's gotta be a group of women who are gonna give you the word. Yes. Who are gonna say, This is true. Yes. What you're feeling might be real, but I'm not sure it's true. Right. And this is truth. And, yeah. and Molly, I also wanna tell you, I am so grateful to hear you say that you are leaning into an older woman. Yeah. Um, as an older woman. I look at your generation, and I see that you lean into young voices. I I see that the popular authors and speakers are girls in their 20s and 30s. And um, when I was in my 30s, I went to a publisher, and I said, I wanted to write this book about motherhood. And the acquisitions editor listened to me, brought the vice president in. The vice president looked at the at the proposal, and he, he took his glasses off, and he laid them on the table, and he said, Carol... I believe you're going to write this book someday. And he took out his Bible. He said, read to me from Titus 2, where Mm. it says the older women are supposed to teach the younger women. And he said, I would not be obeying scripture if I allowed a young woman to write a book about mothering. He said, so let's put this aside for 10 to 15 years, and then you can do it. And so, um, Molly, I love the fact that you're leaning into an older voice. Absolutely. Because that's Bible. Absolutely. Well, and it's, I don't know what I don't know. I mean, you know, and and so, yeah, I can't imagine not having older voices in my life. And and I also think that is growing up in the church. I mean, I had youth leaders in my life constantly, constantly. I've always been led by older people. And so I think that pattern just... It's what I and mm-hmm. and that's something my husband Chris and I talk about a lot. Who are we reaching up to? Yes. Who are we reaching out to? Mm-hmm. And who are we reaching down to? Right. And that's part of our. I mean, that's one of the pillars in our marriage. We want to constantly be reaching up. We want to constantly be reaching out, and we want to be looking for people that we can reach down mm-hmm. and pull up and and help and love on and you know cheer on. So, so what you just said to me is one of the greatest secrets to live a significant life, Hmm. to submit your life to somebody who's gone before you Hmm. with wisdom that you haven't gotten yet, to be giving every day in every way, to have friends who come along beside you, and then to be encouraging and mentoring either the next generation or people who are going through things after you. Totally. Yeah. 
I yeah. love that. Okay, so Molly, are you ready to have some fun? I am. Okay, we're going to have some fun. Okay. Um, this is our, our significant lightning round, and I'm just going to ask you some of your favorites. Okay. Okay. And you don't have to like shoot them back at me, but you can talk about them if you want to. Okay. okay so <laughs> in your entire life, 35 years old, I, I know, know you are so now, much pressure what is 35. the best book you've ever read in your entire life? Oh, that is a hard one. Um, or the top 10 books. I don't know. Just I know, right? Just give us a book. Yeah. Honestly, I think um, a game changer, but one of the first books I read um, was Enemies of the Heart by Andy Stanley. Mm-hmm. Um, was a huge one. Being raised in the church, I built up a lot of, oh, what's the word? The right motions, I guess. And so reading that, I didn't realize some of the things that I had um, allowed into my heart. And so that was a really great book of just letting go of some of the, you know, there he talked about one about greed. And it's like, I don't have greed. I don't have greed. You know, and then you begin to read more about it. And you're like, whoa, God, are you speaking? Are you using yeah. this book right now to hit a point in my life mm-hmm. that I didn't know was there? I mean, so I love those kind of books. Yeah. Just spotlight certain yeah. areas. So that Enemies of the Heart. And then my go-to book always is Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce mm-hmm. Meyer. Mm-hmm. And they have a really great teen edition that I've mm-hmm. taken a few youth girls through. So I love great. that one. I love both those books. Yep. Okay. So what is the worship song that just takes you to your knees? Ugh. That when you hear it or sing it, you are in the presence of God Almighty. Okay. You what know is- I'm a worshiper. I like You okay. know this, right? Okay. I just, I so love maybe worship. you've got 10 worship songs. But, I don't know. So they're seasonal ones, okay. I think, that are in my life. So right uh-huh. now, it's Sea of Victory by Elevation Worship. Yeah. Um, the one of the opening Love lines, it. the weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper. Yes. And when I heard that, I was like, whoa, I don't think I've ever read the verse that way of just no weapon formed against me will prosper. That's one of my verses that me and my girls say every day. But it just took this level of confidence, like even a formed weapon will not prosper against me. Yes. You know? Uh-huh. And so I just thought that was powerful. And then um, my family, my girls' favorite song right now is Raise a Hallelujah. They love it. They love it. And I love it too. I do too. Those There's are no better words. Incredible word. songs. I'm going to listen to them when we're done here. Okay. So I know you're a word girl. You mm-hmm. love the Bible. Um, what do you have a favorite Bible study tool, a, a favorite way to study the Bible yeah. you can just sort yeah. of coach us with? Well, the Bible study group that I'm a part of, um, mm-hmm. we primarily do a lot of Beth Moore yeah. Bible study tools mm-hmm. um, just because of how deep she dives into mm-hmm. the context and it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and I think it's the combination of her, like Beth Moore is the most popular one we've done. We've done multiple uh, like other ones, but just the that format of the homework that we do throughout the week yeah. and then watching the video mm-hmm. in the group setting. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's been key for me is that group setting um, to where we're talking about the Word. What's your favorite Beth Moore Bible study you've ever done? The Fruit of the Spirit. The Fruit of the Spirit. It is. It's yeah. powerful. I even taught a class on it. Yeah. It's so powerful. I heard her new one, Chasing Vines, is off the charts really? incredible. Okay, yeah, that's good to know. We're about to finish. Yeah. We're doing The one we're doing right now is uh-huh. Sermon on the Mount by okay. Jen Wilkins. Yeah. And it's really, really good uh-huh. um, just listening to that that particular passage of Scripture as one long sermon mm-hmm. and not broken up as, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes we've heard it. So that's been really good. But mm-hmm. we missed the Beth yeah. Moore homework. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot There's of a it. lot of it. Okay. Do you listen to podcasts? Are I you a do. podcast girl? I do. I, I, that's how I clean my house. Me too. <laughs> and fold, fold my laundry. Yes. Yeah. I'm always so having it. What it. And go for my daily walk podcast. What's your? Tell me some of your favorite podcasts. Um, Elevation. 
by Pastor Stephen okay. Furtick. I mm-hmm. listen to him weekly. Uh-huh. Um, and then, honestly, a new one I started. I don't know if you've heard of her. It's it's a made for this podcast, and um, her name is Jenny Allen. Oh, I know Jenny Allen. Jenny Allen. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just turned I just turned on to her podcast um, mm-hmm. about a month ago, and I've been listening to her. She's only in our second season or something like that, mm-hmm. but it's made for this. And I just like her because she's talking a lot, like kind of even along the lines of your heart of just the the season of life we're in as mothers mm-hmm. and as women and just kind of getting real and understanding just the power that that vulnerability has, you know, and authenticity. So oh, I'll I'm have to listen that. to it. I like it. Do you read any bloggers? Are, do you read online at all? Or? I If I'm online, it's usually Pinterest looking for a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> So most of my like bloggers are uh, like the food, you know, okay. and, and recipes okay. and things like that. That's fair game. Yeah, that's but good. I haven't gotten into, and then obviously social like Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, if I ever just kind of whatever my friends post, I love how you can just share. I know certain posts and well, speaking of social media, blogs. do you have a favorite follow? Who do you like to follow on social media? My favorite follows are the girls I'm doing life with. Really? Honestly, people that are in my same season uh-huh. that are being real and uh-huh. not just posting their highlight reel. Yeah, you know, yeah. I love the the moms that'll post the picture of the screaming child or the sink and dishes, uh, but still posting it with joy and not resentment mm-hmm. or, you know, just like, hey, this is real, but I sure do love it. Yeah. You know, I just, I love those kind of, of those follows. So it's, that's great yeah. stuff. Good. Gotta keep it healthy <laughs> and positive. <laughs> well, before we close, Molly, would you pray for the listeners? I would love to. Okay. I would love to. God, I just thank you so much for this time. I thank you for just those that are listening and that have just been with us during this time. And I just pray right now, Father God, that you encourage their hearts. God, that you speak to them. God, that they feel seen, that they feel heard, and they feel known. God, I thank you that whatever season of life they're in right now, Lord, that they are encouraged and uplifted and know that you are with them that you're their ever-present help in a time of need, that you're their strong tower. Lord, I thank you that you encourage them to know that they were built for this. God, because of your word, because of the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, that they are called to be overcomers. God, I think that, that as we said, no weapon formed against them will prosper. God, that they see themselves as daughters and as children and as sons of God that just know their worth and their value and can trust your word, that you are faithful to complete it. You, and Jesus. and what it can produce in their lives. And we just love you and we honor you and we thank you for this time. And God, we just choose today to serve you in every area of our life. Yes, in Lord. Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Molly Hart, I just want to tell you that you are a significant woman. Thank you, Carol, so yeah. much. It's Thanks for being with us. You know, I hope that this week's podcast has touched your heart deeply and has encouraged you to live vibrantly, and joyfully, no matter what your life looks like. I would love to be your friend. I'd love to be your friend on social media. On Facebook, I'm Carol McLeod, Bible teacher and author. And on both Instagram and Twitter, I am simply Carol McLeod. You know, if you go to my website, which is carolmcleodministries.com, you will discover all kinds of free resources there. There are free Bible studies. There are free videos, podcasts, and of course, the weekly blog. If you'd like to receive the weekly blog, you can go to the website and sign up. And every Thursday, you'll receive in your inbox words of encouragement. 
Now, I'd also like to ask you, would you share this podcast with a friend or perhaps leave a review? That is such an encouragement to us. If you would leave a review on any one of the platforms, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, or iTunes. And now I have to tell you something. It's a wrap. Season one of Significant Women is in the books. We have done 10 episodes this spring. I pray that every episode has strengthened your faith and convinced you that you have what it takes to live a significant life for the unshakable kingdom of Christ. I hope that you'll join us in July 2020 for season two of Significant Women. And now let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Father, I pray that every woman who's listening today will be infused with your strength. Father, that that she'll be enlarged with your power. And Father, that she will know your joy. Father, would you give us divine appointments? Would you even take over our thought life as we endeavor to live significantly for you? Father, I bless every woman who's listening today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And before you leave, can I just remind you that you, my friend, are a significant woman indeed.